Hey, welcome to Chaos in the Attic. I'm your host, Noor. I'm here to share all things that go on in my head, from thoughts to my opinions on things that I feel should be talked about and things that are just not addressed at all. I know we all have thoughts that we feel are not discussed, and I'm here to hopefully express some of those thoughts that you're having. Thanks for tuning in, and now let's get chaotic. Hello and welcome to Chaos in the Attic or welcome back to Chaos in the Attic. I hope this episode finds you happy, healthy, well, surrounded by all the love, wonders, and magic that life has to offer. I am coming to you today on Monday the 13th, if you are listening to this on Monday the 13th, with a very special guest, which today just happens to be her birthday. So again, if this is Monday the 13th of June, then after you're listening, done listening to this episode, definitely go wish her a very happy birthday. I have been following Sam Eason for years on Instagram and have been drawn to her unique feed. Samantha shares her struggles and celebrations, the highs and lows unfolding in her life in a deeply poetic and artistic way. She truly uses the Instagram platform in a unique and inspiring way, bringing in more realness. I loved connecting with Sam and talking all about her upbringing, raising three beautiful boys, and using her art to bring meaning to life's ebbs and flows. When I say I truly admire this woman, I really do. I have connected so much through her words, and in this episode, while recording it and while connecting with Sam, I just found so many parallels in her life, which was even more funny, but Overall, I absolutely love this conversation and I'm sure you will too and I'm sure you will feel very drawn to Sam by the end of this episode. And yeah, without further ado, let's welcome Sam to the podcast. I do want to start off by complimenting you and I feel like I could have a whole episode just complimenting you because I am truly inspired by you and I find that your story the way you share on your feed is always just very enlightening and inspiring so I want to start off by saying that when I think of the word woman like you are one of those people that comes front to center to mind and I wanted to ask you what does that mean to you and how have you become the woman that you are today that's really sweet thank you um i don't know i i will say this is my favorite version of me i don't know i just feel very comfortable in this role of motherhood and and what i'm doing and i feel like i don't know what i'm doing um but yeah i don't know just really learning from from everything and taking a step back with experiences and people and kind of taking more time in that way. I feel like I was always rushing and overlooking things. And now I'm, you know, more intentional with everything, but also just like, you know, not being too consumed by the world or life um just you know try and make it as easy as possible on yourself and then that allows you to to flourish I think yeah I mean it definitely shows like I feel like it shows through your writing and through your feed just looking at it and through everything that you've gone through which we'll get into um I mean it definitely your confidence in yourself and your the way that you're very open to share your the, the low parts and the high parts and all of that to me is what makes is why I view you as such a like a inspiring woman to like look up to is because you have gone through so much and you still continue to show up for yourself which is just such a beautiful and incredible thing thank you I've always been pretty open so I feel like there's no like everyone has so much you know, part of my language, everyone has so much shit, you know, that they go through or, or feel. And I've never really felt, you know, of course, I've had 
um, things happen where I'm embarrassed or, you know, but you can't, everyone goes through their own thing and there's no shame in, in talking about that because the more you relate to people, I mean, that's just how you help people, I think. And I love, I love connecting with people and I love to talk and I love to, to be open and, and listen. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Of course. Um, well, maybe we can go back to the start of who you are and how you became the person you are here today and maybe walk us through where you come from and what was your childhood like and yeah. Uh, okay, so I uh, was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts and I was, yeah, yeah, I'm in the East. What? I was too. Were you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm sure we know mutual people. Um, yeah, so I was, I was there and I was homeschooled for a little bit. And, um, and then I did middle school and high school there. And then I came out here to St. Louis for boarding school for just a year. And then I went back home and then I went to college in New York for a year. And then I moved back out here when my mom um, relocated after my dad passed away. So freshman year of college. Um, and then I met my ex and got married and had babies. And um, yeah, my childhood was definitely very different. You know how you, like, obviously, as an adult, when you reflect back, you think things are just a certain way. And then you get to adulthood, and you're like, Oh, so not that way. But um, I really appreciated, I love Boston. I love home so much, but I've really appreciated raising my kids in the Midwest. And I feel like the pace is slower and um, I've just really been enjoying that. But um, yeah, my childhood was, I have a brother who's seven years younger than me and um, we actually got close during the pandemic because he was working remote from you know, from school, he was, um, at my mom's and, um, so yeah, we were not really close growing up, but, but, you know, there was the four of us at home and my dad, my dad was an alcoholic. Um, that's why he passed away. And my mom was, they were high school sweethearts. They met and had us there and she I relate to her now in a lot of ways, I think, because she worked really hard, especially when my dad got sick and she really had to, um, you know, provide and, and support the family. And she was really tough on me. And I used to really hate her for that. But now I love her for it because I feel like I just, you know, now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh, that's what that was, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's just, it's one of those things where you have to, like, live it to understand, like, the the behind the scenes of whatever was going on before that, of, like, whether it's parenting or something else, like, someone can tell you different things to do or whatever, and until you do that thing, then you'll realize why it was being told to you or why you, it was the way it was. Yes. Yeah. Um well, I feel like anyone that follows you knows you to be a mother and to have three of the most beautiful boys. And um, I definitely want to, I, I feel like this whole episode is just going to go be jumping all over the place <laughs> because there's just so much that I can get into in so many different ways. So knowing, I feel like, yeah, of course, anyone that follows you know that you have three the most beautiful boys and that you really do portray motherhood in the most beautiful way. Um, you wrote a really beautiful um, caption, um, a little a caption on Instagram for Mother's Day. And I just want to read it because I thought it was so beautiful. I teared up reading it. Um, you wrote, dear moms, don't you know what you are? You are the reason they have gotten this far to be the lighthouse and the ship to have them always on your hip. You are the bow and the stern and stern to glide with always on your, 
or why <laughs> to glide with grace navigate with firm sometimes just say okay you you see to lessen all that turmoil of life sees those waves get high and the tides low sit back and let your heart lead the so because once everything is said and known you will blink and they'll be grown when you finally step foot on sand on sand fondest memories slip through your hands so hold them close forgive the fights and shut your eyes in gratitude each night dear moms don't you know what you are you are the land the water the sky and the stars <laughs> i love that so much reading it and it really touched me i think it's yeah um what after reading that what does how has motherhood shaped you and what does motherhood mean to you oh my gosh um motherhood has shaped me well going back to what i was saying before with my mom i remember i had a really um really rough delivery with isaac and i um once i left and he was in the nicu once i got home I was upstairs because I was bleeding so much. And so my mom stayed with me for the first, I think like probably like four or five days. Um, <clears throat> and then she left cause I couldn't go up and down the stairs. And I think my ex was in and out or he had to travel or I can't remember, but needed a lot of help. Um, so I didn't really have that initial like motherhood, um, I mean, you're, you have that instinct, you have that role, of course, but like, you know, you're in the hospital and, and everyone's waiting on you and then you get home and I had hands and then all of a sudden I was alone and I was folding laundry on, on the foot of the bed and I had Isaac there and I just remember being like, I had the, I called my mom crying, I think, and I was just like, you know, I, I can't believe I love something this much. And I apologized to her. I was like, I'm so sorry because I was so, um, especially with what's going on in the world today. Like, you know, I didn't come home and I turned my phone off and I would cut class and she would, you know, try and ground me. And then I would go stay at a friend's house whose parents like weren't there. And I would, you know, I just gave her a lot of trouble and, um, for her to have that strength and keep never was never abusive mentally or physically, you know, emotionally, just like to keep going softly and, and to be gentle with me and try and teach me and, you know, be that, that tough rule setter at the same time just like that all kind of that was my that's how motherhood shaped me I feel like in that moment because I was just like oh my gosh this is just this is just crazy you know to have this person that if anything ever happened to them or I didn't know where they were like I would literally like I would die you know and so that I think that was my first I I I do tell that story sometimes to my friends like or to when they have kids all my friends have started having babies now. So that's always something where I'm just like, it's, you can never, you can't experience that emotion, I think, until you have the baby and you're holding the baby and you're just like, wow. Um, so motherhood has shaped me in that way because I just, there's really no like, there's no question of what I would do or wouldn't do for them. Like seriously, if someone was like, cut this arm, cut your arm off right now, like I'd do it. So I don't know. Motherhood is just, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And um, actually my mom and I were just talking about this the other day, but they really, they really bring you to your knees, you know? Yeah. So it's a lot of that, but it's just, it's made me so grateful for life and reliving everything. Like going to the airport with kids is just like a nightmare but but they're like what's this and what's this and you're just like oh yeah like this is this is kind of cool that this is the world we live in and and how things operate and just to watch their minds grow and expand and is just really such a it's a gift it's a true gift um yeah 
sorry, that was such a long answer. No, no, I was gonna say in a way, it's like you're re-experiencing the world through their eyes and what that's just a whole other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're just constantly teaching, but you don't even know that you're teaching and then you're learning stuff too. Yeah, it's I mean, <clears throat> such a beautiful gift. Um, and then you asked what, what motherhood meant to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if what I just said maybe maybe got it's all encompassing really but I mean it's everything I wouldn't I wouldn't trade this role or this waking up five times a night for anything so well before becoming a mother you what were your I guess views on because I feel like motherhood comes very natural to you at least from an outsider's perspective and someone who's looking at your feet, who's watching the way you express yourself about your children. So it, like, to me as an outsider, it seems like it's something that just flows through you. How would you describe yourself, I guess, in terms of before having children, were you always, did you always have that nurturing part in you? And yeah. Um, I think I've always been, I mean, I was a, I've always loved to connect and, and socialize and meet people and talk to people. Um, I don't know. I, when I was really young, my parents used to play cards every Monday night with their friends and like, you know, chosen family, like aunts and uncles that were like my parents, like high school friends. And I was stubborn in the sense that I would always try and come down the stairs and, you know, they, I was just busy in that way, I guess you could say energetically. Um, and I love, you know, I had friends that I would try and have play dates with on the weekends and have like three sleepovers in a row. And these other moms were like, no, you can only have one sleepover, you know? Um, so I definitely am so drawn to activity in that way. And just, and I love, I love my alone time, but I love company. And I've, I've always loved to to listen and, and help. I think being raised, uh, my mom's a Christian scientist, which is not Scientology. Um, uh, and I, you know, I went to Sunday school every Sunday for, from 10 to 11 AM. And that was kind of like a no exceptions thing, but I do. And now my boys go and I credit, you know, you're just learning Bible stories and, and I credit my morals to, to a lot of those lessons of just being the good Samaritan and, you know, helping, helping others and being loving and kind. And um, yeah. So I think nurturing is a good, I would do, I would do anything for any of my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that um, in a way of just like that natural, that kind of like feeling of like, needing to like, care for the people around you in a sense. And I mean, I am curious to know a little bit more about, um, you said Chris, it's not, it's not Scientology. No, which I don't, I really don't know much about Scientology. Um, but I know that people do confuse the two, but, um, Christian science is a, a religion based off of, there's a woman named Mary Baker Eddy and she wrote this book called science and health. And she basically took, all of Jesus's healings and explained, I guess, the thought process behind them. And um, so I don't follow it. I don't follow the religion, um, but it's not like there's no sermon or like when you go to church at a Christian science church, they just basically pick um, one of the stories from the Bible and then they pick a, you know, a, a reading or a teaching from Mary Baker Eddy's book. And then they, they read them, together like they kind of go hand in hand so um yeah it's it's non it's non-denominational there's not a priest or a it's just like the church members who kind of rotate who who's reading and um then there's like the children's room in the sunday school which is where you go until you're 18 and that's where you're just in a class with kids your age and you kind of just again go over like oh well this is the I had some really cool Sunday school teachers where they would come in with like 
even like crafts sometimes and just be like artistic with stuff or like, you know, you would talk about a moral like principle and they'd be like, what does principle mean to you? And what's an example of that? Or like you check in with your teacher and they're like, how was your week? Like, did you demonstrate honesty or stuff like that? So I love that because I think at a young age, you're really, you're really learning how to be sensitive and in tune with not just your emotions, but how others might, you know, be, be feeling or experiencing things. Yeah. I feel like it also kind of gives you an independence in a sense of like, to know your own beliefs and like what your values are in a way, like it's like, it's asking you to like reevaluate, like reevaluate your own self. For sure. Yeah. And then my mom, like I had friends who were Jewish and friends who were Catholic and sometimes I'd go to church with them or to mass or um, I don't know the proper names for these things, but, but you know, it was, it was, it's one of those things where I came from this, background of also my mom doesn't so there are christian scientists who do you know take medicine but my mom doesn't um like we didn't we didn't have medicine in the house growing up so that was re really new i do i give the kids like allergy medicine and stuff here and there when they need it or tylenol or you know they've had fevers and i give them i give them stuff but um I never went to the doctor growing up. And so that, I think that's kind of unique to my story too, that I always forget about, but my mom was just so confident in her, which she doesn't like, she doesn't bash that at all. She's very much like when I was, when I got pregnant and I was going to have Isaac, she, she had me and my brother at home with a midwife, but she's very much like, okay, if you're going to follow a doctor, then you listen to what the doctor tells you to do, you know, or if you're going to her, her choice of, you know, peace of mind and how she turned to things for sickness um, was her religion and her community. And that worked for her. So she was very confident in that being her, you know, her little safety net, if you will. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's like, it's a great thing to like talk about just because, you know, everyone right now, I feel like has like some differences in terms of like parents, their parents belief or their beliefs. But I, what I really love is that, you know, like your, your mom is very open to your own way of like, and she's like, she's not enforcing anything. And, and I, right. know that whatever you take away from like, what are, I guess, what are the lessons that you, took away from from it all like that you still embed into your like daily life um oh man that's a good question i mean probably just those little those little morals of the golden rule and i mean in ter in terms of health though also i'd say really just I mean, it's, it's pretty all encompassing, but I think re religion wise and, and upbringing wise, just you have to do what's best for you and your family. And, um, that is, that's, that's, what's going to save you at the end of the day in your, you know, you being confident and feeling supported by what you believe in and, and trusting that. Yeah. And anyway, has it, did it affect you growing up? Like, not receiving the medicine or not going to doctors like is there because i know that you've had a hip replacement yeah so yeah well that was kind of the the yeah i broke my hip and my uncle is an orthopedic surgeon and i was limping and um he said okay we got to get an x-ray and then her and my dad made the decision to not do surgery because I was still growing. And I think, you know, that was a big, I don't know, my mom and I haven't really talked about that in, in depth since, but I remember I was so mad at her because I was like, you're, you know, I was like, you're crazy. Like, you're just, you know, what's, what's God going to do about this? Um, but people do have, 
people do have feelings. Um, there was a woman at our church growing up who had this, she was, she was older, but she had this growth of some sort. Um, and she looked pregnant, but she wasn't. And it was, it was, it affected her and she was really sick for a long time. And then, I, I mean, I don't know, but my mom was like, she, you know, it, this went on for like a year, I'd say. And then she got, it disappeared and she got her health back. And so I've definitely seen, I've seen healings. I really have. Um, but yeah, so I had a broken hip and that did not heal. And then I, it healed, fractured. And then I was like, I'm going to be a runner. Like, just took up running when I hit like 17 and ran a half marathon on it. Super dumb. Don't recommend. And then I moved and then I was nannying for this family out here in St. Louis and they were both in medicine and I would run from my mom's condo to their house, get the kids to school and then run home. And they were like, they're like, okay, we have to get you an x-ray. So then they took me to a hospital here and sure enough, just had a fractured hip. So I got on the wait list and then, and got a hip replacement. And what did that mean to you when you got the hip replacement? It was pretty, that was my first huge, you know, I'd never take, I'd never been under, my mom didn't have me. Um, that was another fight. Did not have me put under for my wisdom teeth. So I was that the numbing medicine wore off halfway through and I felt the entire thing was awful. So yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty surreal to like be in the room and they're just like, okay, you're going to like fall asleep now. And then you wake up and your leg is just, yeah, it was a big, it was a big ordeal for sure. But I'm happy I did it. I'm so much more comfortable now. And I think they also did say that with, you know, just bones being bones. Like I got that done in 2014 and I had Isaac in 2016. So I think having babies would have been really uncomfortable for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about pregnancy, but I do know that your, your hips expand. Yeah. Well, even like when they hold, you know, they hold your legs back yeah. and you have a human exiting your body. And like, I did have an epidural, which with each baby but had I not that would have been really uncomfortable because I'm still I'm still like limited in what I can do with it well I think this is a perfect segue because I do want to talk about pregnancy anyways um I mean I feel like when someone does have children usually the part that's neglected from the story is the pregnancy and I'm very curious to know from Isaac to Rowan, how was each pregnancy different? And did you learn something new from each of those experiences? Yeah. Wow. You have such, you have such nice questions. I love it. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely feel like same with my wisdom teeth. Like people just gave me these sugar coated stories. They're like, yeah, you go in and like, whatever, you know, you get an epidural and it's good, but it's, I mean, Isaac, I was induced with him. My pregnancy was fine. I didn't have any complications, which I was very grateful for. It was a, um, you know, I was just eating Burger King like twice a day. It was great. Um, and just, I, I was not as in tune with my body for him at, at all. I was just like, you know, indulging a lot. And then I had him, sorry. And so I was induced with him and that medication really messed me up. And he was as white as a wall when he came out, I didn't get to hold him. They pulled, I was cut, um, almost had to have a C-section. You know, then they took him to the NICU and I didn't even meet him until the next day. And it was this crazy i remember being like wheeled down there in the wheelchair and then holding him and being like i don't i didn't i didn't i don't know that i felt like i knew him you know what i mean like right away because my i was just so i think i had so much in my body and then obviously it's a lot to give birth and then emotionally you're just like all over the place so that was really <clears throat> 
that was really traumatic in a lot of ways, but he was such a, he was definitely my easiest baby. Um, none of my kids sleep, but other than that, you know, I'm so grateful to not have any, have any issues with him. He was, I nursed him until he was one and a half. Um, yeah. And then Maddox, uh, pregnancy was harder. I developed, uh, varicose veins. Those are genetic. So my dad had them all over his leg and, you know, they're basically just veins that pool with blood and they don't work and they are painful now. And so I got those, I got, I got, I think I got one with my pregnancy with Isaac. And then after I, with Maddox, they like kind of took over my shin on my right leg. And that was really painful towards the end. Walking was really uncomfortable. And then of course, like, you know, with carrying a baby at nine months, you're just like so heavy. So um, I did say, I was like, I'm done. I'm not, not having another kid after this. And, but his, I went into labor naturally with him. That was fun because I didn't have that experience with Isaac. So um, my ex was out of town and my mom and I were watching friends and baking cookies. And then I got like, I was like crying and laughing and, and I kind of felt like I was going to throw up and I felt like I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, I was like, I feel so weird. My mom was like, I think this is happening like now. And it was 11 o'clock at night and Isaac was asleep upstairs and we were trying to figure out, I was going to call my mother-in-law and have her come be with him. And I was like, no, I need Isaac with me. Like I can't leave him here. So we threw Isaac in the car and went to the hospital and he, him and my mom hung out on the couch in my delivery room until, until Maddox was ready to come. And then my mother-in-law came and, and took Isaac for a walk around the hospital. And this is like three in the morning, you know? So I definitely didn't plan. I didn't have the like, I didn't read one article online that was like, what to put in your hospital bag. I kind of just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like anyone can bring you anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then Rowan was born super unexpected pregnancy, but I think once your body does it once, it's just like, Oh, I know, I know how this works. So, uh, pregnancy was the most uncomfortable with him towards the end, but I was actually my healthiest and I felt the best with him because, you know, it was, it was during the whole pandemic and I just walked every single day with Maddox and Isaac in the double stroller and we did these crazy long walks and we were outside as much as possible. And so I felt, I felt my best pregnancy wise with Rowan and then he was born um, exactly 10 years. My dad passed away on October 18th, 2010. And my Rowan was born 2020, October 18th. Wow. So that was like, that was just really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really sweet and so beautiful. I like to think of things like that, like, I think of them 100% as they are like big signs and like some indication of something from like God, the universe, whatever anyone wants to believe in. Um, so I think that's really special. For sure. Yeah. How was it giving birth during the pandemic? Cause I know that like hospitals were all chaotic. Yeah. I feel very grateful. It was later in the year. So I had some friends who gave birth like in the spring and that was definitely things were more strict. Um, but also because of my situation, they were very uh, lenient with me. So I actually drove myself to the hospital when I went into labor. I had a friend living with me at the time um, at my old house. We had a third floor. There was three, three little rooms up there and, and she took one of them. And so I ran up there at like midnight or like 1230. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'm going to go. And so she stayed home with Maddox and Isaac and I drove to the hospital and I had two friends in a group chat that were like, okay, you know, we know you're planning on doing this alone, like a psycho, but we want to know when you get there. So tell us. And so I got there and checked in and my friend, I, t I told them and my friend Molly was like, are you sure? 
and I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, no, I want, I want you here. And then I called my ex to tell him, um, that was another thing that was, I was kind of wrestling with cause I wasn't really comfortable with him being there, but I wasn't going to not tell him. Um, and so he didn't answer when I, I think I sent a text or I don't know, I went right upstairs immediately and then Molly came. And so, yeah, you're allowed to have one person with you and that person technically your partner like has to stay. And if they were to leave the hospital, then they can't come back. So with every other birth, you know, usually you're there with your partner and then people come and bring you stuff and they want to see the baby. And that was, so you got one person to stay with you, but then Molly left obviously and went home to her family. She's a mom of three. And then, and then my ex came and, and he, and my mom, so they did, they let my mom and my ex kind of trade off. Um, and he was, he came during the day and to, to visit with Rowan. Well, that's good that you got at least both of them to be able to like come in. So I know that it was like a little difficult at the time to do that. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what was your original, I guess, re decision as to why you wanted to go do it alone? I mean, for me, I can say that I feel like I'm someone who likes to just do things very independently. And I like to just have like some sort of like, I feel like it's a liberating feeling or something of that sort. So I'm just curious to know why, what that decision-making process was for you. Um, yeah. So I didn't really feel, um, I didn't feel comfortable with my ex being there and, and I didn't usually would have been my mom and she doesn't, you know, her feelings don't get hurt like that, which is something else I love so much about her and something I've learned from her is like, she doesn't take things personally in that way where I know a lot of, a lot of my friends' parents or like in-laws would be like so upset if they weren't allowed. She doesn't, she doesn't feel entitled to like, you know, any of that. Um, I just didn't have this desire to have anyone with me. I feel like I got pregnant and then the year had just been so much for me after like filing for divorce and then the pandemic. And then I, I lived at my friend's house cause I left my house and lived at my friend's house for the summer. And that was so wonderful, but just a lot, you know, like, and I was tired. I was like, I just want to go have this baby and just, have this be like our moment I kind of felt like that was like my one time during the year I was like this is about me like this is my special thing um and then obviously when I got there I was like okay <laughs> I was like okay Molly you can come now and it was it was actually like you know if you don't have a husband or a partner of your relationship partner that you want to have a baby with, like a friend, a friend who you love and who loves you and supports you. I mean, we just, she was like cracking jokes the whole time. Not like in a, you know, non, not like in a trying to distract way, just like kept it light, you know? Yeah. And that's really and, important for pregnant for birth I mean I feel like the environment is so important that it's like a calm and relaxed space and I think that's yes what you really needed at the time like it was, it was a, like you said it was like a sacred moment between for you so obviously wanting that piece is 100 percent. yeah and she knew that and so she kind of just we were both just like and she had just had her third son in the spring of 2020 okay so our, all of our kids are, we both have three and each of them are like a couple months, like four to six months apart. So she had just had her third and, and it was like, she had, you know, gone through it and done the whole thing. And so I definitely felt really connected to her and I feel so grateful to have her, you know, in my life as a friend and a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Friendships like that are very important to have. Um, 
even like woman to woman, like any of those type of connections is just very, very important for us to connect. I feel like it just helps us connect with ourselves better. And yeah. Um, well, yeah. now that you are a mom of three boys, I feel like as women, we just tend to feel, I mean, already there's a pressure of like raising these perfect children that are going to grow up to be great humans. But then there's an added layer when you're raising a son, at least from what I've seen of raising a, a son who's going to be respectful of women who is not going to fall into the societal trap of patriarchy and all of that stuff that comes with being a man and being a boy. So I'm just curious to know how has your perspective over the years changed of raising your boys from beginning to where you are today? I, yeah, yeah, it's a lot right now. Um, I think I just, I keep, what comes to me is just, I mean, they're definitely learning. I'm, I'm kind of, sorry, I'm all over the place right now. Um, I'm definitely short with them and not all the time, but I'm, maybe strict is a good word, but I am really on top of them about being aware of, of things. And I guess it's, it's through the days and the hours and the minutes, like through those things where I'm, you know, I'm always like, Hey, there's three of you and there's one of me. And, or like, I'm, I'm mom. And these are all the things that I'm, you know, trying to help you with and and yeah I'm like we do the ladies first uh that that was a fun little lesson I kind of started that with Isaac and then now it's he'll be like he'll be like because that's a nice thing to do is like open the door right mom like stuff like that so just just little things but but at the end of the day I really just focus on kindness and unconditional love and and I, tr I try and not think about all these categories or like bubbles of, of, you know, all the shit that's happening because it doesn't matter who you are or, you know, where you come from or any of that. It's, it's how you treat people. And I think that that's all encompassing. Like they're definitely learning a lot about being respectful to me. Um, just as a, just as a, you know, mother and woman and provider in a lot of ways, but I want them to take, take that and, and be like that with everyone. Um, and actually Isaac's teacher came up to me last week and said, um, she said, Isaac's such a sweet boy. Uh, a classmate, I guess had gotten hurt or was having a really hard time and was really upset. And she said, Isaac just went up behind him and gave him a hug. And I don't think they're allowed to, I don't know if the rules have changed, but I know for a long time they weren't allowed to, to touch or anything. Um, so stuff like that, where it's like, you know, <clears throat> this is a person and you have to be kind to them. You have to be loving to them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it doesn't matter you know, it doesn't always matter what's fair or, you know, the boys pull this stuff all the time with, well, that's not fair. And, and I'm like, well, you know, it's not about what's fair. <clears throat> maybe that's right. Maybe I'm like too much. I'm like, the world isn't fair, <laughs> but it's like, it's like right or wrong. I'm just teaching them what's right and what's wrong. And, and usually what is wrong, you know, it, or is anything that doesn't make you feel good actually to do to do it or to say it things that are the right thing to do will always make you feel good I think yeah no I agree with that and I, I think I think it, <laughs> I feel like I always think I'm like because I'm, I'm not a mother and I don't know how I will be like how I will be when I am a mother but I do always think of like these things like am I going to be pushing it too far by like implying like all these little like details and all these like little rules and these sayings to them but and then at the end of the day whatever like they clearly that they are good boys and i think that story is so sweet of him hugging his friend. <laughs> i know that like really hit me i was like what 
Because the last couple of times, you know, like he, I think he's, he, earlier in the year, we had a little shoplifting incident or he stole these puzzle pieces, you know, and snuck them in his pocket. So like the last, and that was literally like the fall, but I was like, great. Is he stealing again? No. (laughs) No, (laughs) we've come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Um, Well, I kind of want to shift gears into your writing. You are someone who really portrays a lot of vulnerability through your through your writing and even through the images that you share. There's just so much deepness and so much trueness to it all. And in saying that, I mean, how have you felt? I know that you kind of said this in the beginning of this episode of like it's always been very comfortable for you to share, but what has, I guess, given you the drive to start sharing so openly on Instagram or in your life? Um, well, I started, I started writing bigger pieces on my blog when I started that. And then the blogging was just, I couldn't keep up with it and writing these bigger, um, pieces I guess so I started posting these just little captions and and that's when it kind of that started to become felt more natural for me to share in that way um and I don't know it just kind of unfolded on its own I guess and I actually the woman who helped me write my college essay my tutor was my mom's high school English teacher and she was such a sweet woman and I would go, she tutored me and she was so passionate for writing and, you know, grammar. And I think I was, I've always been, spelling's always been, English was math. I suck at math, but like, you know, anything imagery or word wise is, has been, um, I've just enjoyed. So I think seeing her be so meticulous about things and she was really a good tutor or a good teacher, you know, just admiration for, for those people because you really have to love it to want to teach it and, and be creative with how you're explaining things. And so, yeah, I had to write a college essay and that was a whole thing for me because I, dated this guy junior year and all we did was smoke weed and run around and not go to class. And, and then all my friends were like, so where are you going to school? And I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't know. And then I, I, you know, got into, I was just figured it out and I focused on my grades. And so then I had to write this college essay and I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna, you know, I didn't really have any like, specific thing that I wanted to write about but but then I had these like I spent my camps or my summers at camp in Maine and then I had this boarding school you know experience and that was kind of a moment for me where I was like well well, actually I've kind of have so much to to talk about that I've learned from and then my dad being sick and that was the first piece that I published on my blog was about coming home from boarding school and and finding finding my dad, you know, drunk on the floor. And my mom was like trying to do everything. And, um, we had, we had moved and we were living in my grandparents' basement. And so she sat down with me and helped me write this essay and was so again, creative in the ways of like, okay, well, you already said that this way. So how can you say it this way? Or like, you already used this word. So when I'm writing now, I feel like I have a little voice in my head of being like, you know, how can you reinvent a sentence or a message in a, in a different way? And what, what, what are going to, what words are going to be the most, you know, impactful and beautiful at the same time? Um, But yeah, I don't know if that even answers your question, but I, I do. It makes me so happy to write and just the, it just kind of comes to me randomly and I have to write it down or it's gone. 
Yeah, I, I feel that. I mean, when you're talking about all this, I'm like, there's so many parallels in our stories. Um, but um, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like there's a certain, like when you're, when I'm reading your, your words, there's like an energy that comes through them. And is there like a specific, cause I know that you just, like you, you just said that you just write it down. Is there like any specific like channeling that comes through to you that whether it's like in a moment of, I need to sit down and write this right now, I'm experiencing this, or is it more of like, oh, this happened during my day or this happened at this point in my life and I'm going to sit and write about it? No, never. It's just, I don't know. I, it just, it's like it just plays in my head. Yeah. It's, I've been waking up at four because I, I get woken up by like a sentence. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I feel like that sounds so crazy to say out loud. No, that's just, that's, I think that's just like your natural gift because like some people, like I, I consider myself an artist. So like I will wake up randomly with some type of idea, some type of like image or something like that. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but where do you draw the line um, in terms of what you decide to share and what you decide to write about. Because what I love about writing is that you never actually have to be very direct. Like, you, yeah. there are ways to talk about things or to write about things using language that is not specifically talking about something that you're, you don't want to share. So in terms of that, like, where do you draw the line? And is that line drawn through the words that you choose as well? Yeah, I sometimes I I don't really like to use like for in terms of verbiage don't like to use profanity usually, which is ironic. Um like literally yesterday. Um but I don't not really in terms of words, but I'll just I will be sharing more writing related things that will be very detailed um that's in the works but on instagram like it doesn't really feel that doesn't really feel like the right doesn't really feel like a safe space for me to to elaborate too much so i definitely like to keep things i want to share personally but also have it be like if the shoe fits and so that other people like, you know, maybe a mom and a daughter can relate or, you know, whether you have kids or not, maybe in, in that way. Um, but yeah, I just don't really feel like, yeah, it doesn't, Instagram's not like, Instagram is awesome and I love it. And I love like, you know, that's how we're connecting right now, like in, in those ways, but Instagram is not deserving to me of those, of those really intimate and personal stories. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be in a place that where I'm in charge of it, you know, and that I create, if that makes sense. No, 100% because on Instagram, like, yes, <laughs> you have so many followers that are following you that love you and, support you but then there are that minority of people who are going to be looking and viewing at yourself with not the best of intentions and it's just not the space for that you don't need to be sharing things with those people or that's just not good for you you and your own energy and then having it in a more in a space where it feels more safe for you those people that are following you for the right reasons are going to look at that for you and those people that are not there to serve you are not going to even bother going there. So I do think that that's important to say. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Social media is just not, I mean, for, for what I, for what I do want to share and what I will share um, eventually is not, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be in a place where there's like videos and trends and all of this, like, noise you know and I 
I want it to be its own thing. And kind of like you said, we're like, if you're tuned in and you, this is something you want to go read, then you can, then you can do that. And if not, you might not even know about it. Um, well, I want to ask you, because of, you know, we're all living in this human world and there's just so much chaos, so much noise, so much just traumas that go on in our everyday lives. How do you, as everything that you've gone through in your life, raising three boys and just trying, you know, just working, how do you ease the chaos in your attic? How do you preserve your own peace and what do you do to make sure that you're checking in with yourself and that you're okay at the end of the day? Um, I unplugging is number one for sure. I think especially like, yeah, with everything right now, even being on Instagram sometimes and seeing everyone posting everything is like, it's informative and I appreciate that. Um, but you know, it is another energy suck, not the, not what's being shared, but the platform, just your phone and like having this instant, instant, anyone can, anyone can get in touch with me right now. Like that, that device and, and what comes with that is just, it, it sucks you in and it's really easy to be, you know, if, if you are having a bad day or if things are tough and you're texting a friend, it, it kind of, it takes you away from the, pre the present moment, truly. Um, so the first thing for me is always to, to ditch my phone. Um, my, I have my charger on this little like Ikea bar stool table in my kitchen and I plug it and, and put it upside down and put it on silent and I go do a lot of laundry or clean the dishes and I put music on and um, that's always the first thing for me. And I feel like that always snowball, that always starts the next thing, you know, in, in terms of being productive or just, that's kind of how you get out of your head is like allowing for more space to get in your head. I don't even know if that makes sense, but cause then you're like walking around and you're doing laundry or picking the toys up or you're, you know, or I'll go play a game with the boys or we'll start coloring together. And then I'm like, I'm distracted, but then I'm thinking and then I'm processing. And that's, I think that's the goal is to like, whatever you're feeling or whatever your challenge is, is to, to really process. Um, so that's, that's a big one for me. Um, getting outside. We, I'm so grateful to be able to walk Isaac to school every morning, but that's not, not really enough it's like two blocks um and then we either go on a, a big walk or go to the park but fresh air always recenters me um, um so being with your friends and like not being with your friends on your phone but like going i feel i feel so so lucky to have the the friends that i do in st louis we have like these dinner parties weekly almost and there's like 15 of us and everyone usually and then there's like you know someone brings a friend or what, whatever and that's I feel very grateful to be able to to do that and just again like not connect with someone on your phone but to be with them and to play a game like we play games we did like a camping weekend played twister like you know like you have to do stuff like that yeah. and um yeah, nature and solitude and I don't know, sometimes like go brush your teeth. Like that helps me sometimes, literally just to refresh and, and be like, okay, like sometimes you have to start over at like 2 p.m., you know, and that's okay. And I think you have to, to know, know when you need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a question I usually ask in the beginning, which is, how are you in terms of your headspace today? And I kind of want to do it right now. Instead, I know I didn't do it in the beginning, but just because we've talked through so much and we've like, we've explored so many 
different parts of you and your story. So how are you today? Um, I'm, I'm good. I, you know, the world is very heavy right now. Uh, so that's definitely been on my mind, but I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I, I just, I'm busy. I'm grateful to be busy. I feel like that almost feels like a treat right now. Um, and to have things to do that I, you know, that not all easy, but that you, to have jobs to do and to be able to do them and to, to really live, to live life. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. So I'm, I'm good. How are you? Are you good? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, well, how would you encourage the listeners to, um, to ease their day to day and their chaos? Uh, deep breaths always, lots of water. Tell yourself that sometimes everything you need to get done is not going to get done and that's okay. Um, to really, I don't know, go tell someone you love them that you love. I feel like checking in with a friend or a family member or whoever and just being like, hey, I'm thinking of you today. And that, like what we talked about earlier, like that makes you feel good. You're like being, you know, nurturing other people will always bring, will always bring that back to you. And I get those texts randomly from friends just like, hey, you're on my mind today. And that always, I, I feel like doing that, doing that, if, especially if you're having a tough day, like whoever pops into your head be like, hey, how are you? You're on my mind. Um, little things like that. Sleep, take a nap, rest if you can. Um, and laugh as much as you can and go do something that makes you happy or treat yourself to a coffee at four in the afternoon if that feels like something you want to do. I feel like I, I was really bad for a long time with like, oh, that's extra or like I don't need, it's not something I need. Whereas, you know, obviously overindulging is, is different. But if you, if you need a little break and you need to go treat yourself to a ice cream in the middle of the day, then just do it. And don't try not to try not to make life so rigid because life is already that way. So yeah. Do what feels good for your soul. Yes, that that I should have just said that. <laughs> um do you have time for our rapid fire question? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you know your sun, moon, and rising? No. No. Okay, no. so your sun sign. That's like your your main. Oh, I'm a Gemini. Okay, you're a Gemini. Oh, so your, it's your birthday soon, or did it? Yeah, my birthday is June thirteenth. Okay, well, happy soon to be birthday. Thank you. Thank um, you. Do you have a favorite book or a book recommendation? Oh my gosh, favorite book given to me by um, Olivia Noseda, who used to be all of Eats on Instagram. We've been friends forever. She gave me, oh my God, now I'm blanking. Um, it's by Elizabeth Lesser. This was my Bible. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Because this book is so incredibly good. Broken Open. Broken Open? Yes. Okay. Phenomenal read. Um, it's literally ripped. It's just my little... It's a good one. Um, a random tip or piece of advice? Um, random tip or piece of advice? Just be loving always. Mountain or sea? Sea. Okay. <laughs> a quote to live by. It could be anything. Oh, gosh. Um, I, oh, I don't know. I know everyone's just like, um, I don't memorize quotes. I'm like, it can be one that you make up in your head. <laughs> um, anything. 
handle with care. Just because that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just do that. Um, do you have a spirit animal or a favorite animal? A uh, horse, for sure. A favorite food? Chocolate. Okay. <laughs> what would you add to the world and what would you take away? Oh, man, I would add safety and abundance and all that for everyone. And I would take away evil and, um, yeah, probably just evil. I don't want to say it would take away, like, you know, challenge because challenge is important, but you know, to some, to some degree, to some degree. Yeah. Challenges. I think, yeah, challenge is important for a girl. I just don't want, you know, people to be in, in pain. Yeah. Like that, that just, no one deserves that. Do you have any messages that you want to share? <clears throat> um, I don't, I don't know. I can't, can't think right now that's okay because everything that you said is i need messages like like a i don't know well i think thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thank you so much for your time i really really did appreciate it and i just loved having this conversation with you a lot um yeah that was fun thank you for having me course well i want to ask where can everyone find you and connect with you um i am on instagram as samantha in person and that's kind of it right now <laughs> yeah no blog no i'm like the most i'm not on tiktok i have like four videos of maddox but that's it i don't know how to use it <laughs> so yeah. i don't think anyone really does other than people that are 16 and below <laughs> yeah it's it's truly i'm like now i know what my you know what my grandparents felt like when i when flip phones came out yeah. like i truly have no idea how to put text on a video yeah same so thank you so so much And that's all for this episode with Sam Eason. I'm sure you have gained something from this episode and are feeling very compelled to go follow Sam on Instagram. So as always, all her information and my information are always linked in the show notes. And thank you, Sam, for coming on the podcast. And thank you all to your precious ears for listening. And goodbye.